Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. What is going on, everybody? And welcome Saturday morning NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by BetMGM. I'm your host, Josh Harris. Forgot my name there for a second. Joining me, as always, <laughs> is my co-pilot, Slim Cliffy. How are we doing today? Yeah, I'm your host today. Uh, you guys know me from previous shows. <laughs> uh, doing good, man. Um, I didn't play much last night. I was telling you before the show, I just uh, played one uh, for the Iron Man. Went to a movie last night. Went to go see Babylon. That movie is absolutely out of its mind in the best possible way. Enjoyed it. Got home fairly late. Uh, watched Edmonton. Absolutely beat the brains in Seattle. Um, well, there you go. I didn't watch uh, the whole game, obviously, getting home late. But Seattle goaltending, man. Uh, Seattle goaltending comes through once again, depending uh, on which side of the ledger you were on last night. Yeah, Grubauer gave up three goals on five shots, I think, and then got yanked. Then Party Marty came in, gave up four goals on, like, two shots. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's just brutal. Brutal goaltending. Yeah, um, kind of been their uh, calling card all this season and all last season. Um, that Grubauer contract certainly not looking very good for the Kraken. No, and uh, they need a goalie because they have a pretty good team, but there's no one to trade for. We'll see what happens at the trade deadline. Just wanted to give a quick shout-out to our boss, Soaker Jake Harry. He uh, got all the totals and projections up in the lineup builder early. He's in central time, so it's it's pretty early for him. So thank you, Jake. It helps us out when we go through the show. Unfortunately, dra <clears throat> excuse me. Unfortunately, DraftKings really botched this this slate here. There are 12 games and they split it up for three, four, five. The main slate is 7 p.m. five game slate. GPPs are okay, but the the early and the afternoon slates are just absolutely awful. They wanted a split slate like that. I think they could have added like the one to the five o'clock games and ran like a double main slate. But you know what? I I I have no expectations. I would love to be a fly in the wall on one of their meetings for the NHL product, but you know it is what it is. Yeah, I was kind of hoping they'd slide. Yeah. Like it'd be six and seven o'clock my time, um, five and six o'clock Eastern. It's hoping they'd slide those into the main slate, especially considering it's New Year's Eve. Um, you know, not everybody. Some people will be going out. I don't think, you know, people are going to be sitting around at home if they have plans to make sure that their lineups are fine at 930 Eastern or whatever it is. Um, it probably would have been best just to have 
a little bit of an earlier lock. I don't know, but uh, it is what it is. But we do have games to talk about at least, which is always nice and a good way to finish off what has been quite the calendar 22 year in 2022 year. In the yeah, it, it went. Um, King Bacon Pie is just an absolute festival this morning. But, it, you know, this year went so slow and so fast. Can't pick up the bone. Um yeah, like I'm excited to get to 2023, but man, these games today, <laughs> not great. We're, we're going to talk about the at least the three game morning slate or the three game afternoon slate, early slate, because at least there is a $10,000 guaranteed prize pool in that one. Before we get into it, though, you all know the drill especially everyone here early this Saturday morning. Uh, you're already liked and subscribed, but if you don't, smash that like button. Helps us out a lot. Uh, subscribe so you keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit the notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Stochastic Hall of Fame. Very easy. All you got to do is change your avatar in DraftKings and FanDuel, which you can do by going to stochastic.com backslash avatar. Download it. Then you got to place in the top three of a contest with over 5K contestants. That's the tough part. If you do, tweet Stochastic HOF on Twitter or email us with the screenshot, and you get a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Hi, Michael. Is your, is your Avi on DraftKings uh, Stochastic? Mine is. I know yours isn't. Yours is uh, uh, that chick from the wrestling promotion. Yes, <laughs> I have the same one um, for a couple online video games. Somebody asked me the other day if it was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wearing sunglasses. <laughs> I was like, no, that is not the avatar at all. Uh, Sasha Banks, of course, now I remember now. Yeah, yeah. Harry Carey doesn't know who Sasha Banks is, but Josh remembers. Now I'm talking to myself in pseudo third person. What a morning we are having. Um <laughs> Let's talk about this three gamer. Uh, we got Boston, Buffalo, Columbus, Chicago, and Vegas, uh, Nashville. Like that would be sweet to be on the main slate because these games are absolute festivals. But like as it is, there's a two K to first in the early slate, which is kind of eh, it's it's bad. I don't want to just roast DraftKings because they've actually listened to us. About putting in the five dollar one fifty max, so I guess you take the good with the bad. I'll just go through these here real quick, then we we'll get some Cliffy's thoughts. Uh, Boston has a big total; they have a three point nine total. Um, you know, Buffalo's penalty kill not too good defensively; they're not great. So, again, if you're going to play Boston, it's that scenario where you want the top line, but you also want Pasternak, who's really expensive; he's ninety five hundred. But you know what? I'm going to put him in if I'm playing Boston. Uh, we don't have ownership on the early slate, but I would imagine Boston's going to be pretty chalky. Uh, Tate Thompson, 9,100 on DraftKings on the road going into Boston. That's going to be a big no for me, dog, getting the Bergeron line. Um, that line's really expensive. So if anything, I'd probably go to like Buffalo too, but I don't know if I'm going to prioritize Buffalo here. In the next game... This game is just absolute scene. I guess it would be both top lines. 
Roslevic, Goudreau, Bemstrom, Domi, Kane. That I mean, it's a six over under trending towards a six and a half. Um, I mean, if you have a lean in this game, play him. I I kind of lean towards the Columbus top line just because they're fully correlated. They're at home. They have a bigger total. It's just I don't know this great this game just it could end up being like five four and like one person has a three point bonus. You know what I mean? In the last one, Vegas. The Vegas lines are just absolutely not great at all. I don't even know how to pronounce the guy on the top line with Stevenson and Stone. Pavel Dorofeyev, maybe. But, like, Nashville played yesterday. They won. Like, their lines are a mess. I think you can just concentrate on the power play one guys for Vegas since Nashville's penalty kills and great. And Saros went yesterday, I, th- I believe. So, I mean, I think – for me, I'd be prioritizing Boston here. Yeah, I'll start with the last game first. Um, Nashville, Vegas, uh, the lineup sites, it won't surprise you to hear that we draw from have not updated their lines appropriately. Um, it is Michael Amadio that's still on the top line for Vegas with Carlson or with uh, Stevenson and Stone. Uh, apologies. And they've been pretty good in a small ish sample together. Um, Amadio. I said, I think on the last show Vegas was on that he's a guy that I thought would be a good playmaker in this league. Just never has been able to stick anywhere. Um, they've been playing. He's been playing very well with uh, Stevenson and stone. Like I said, in a small sample um, controlling somewhere around 58% of the shot attempts from the, on the ice scoring three and a half goals uh, per 60 minutes. So uh, perfectly correlated on the power play Nashville also playing it back to back. So it's probably going to be Kevin Lankin in the net and not UC Saros. Kind of like Vegas one here, um, not in so much on Vegas two. Um, again, um, Jonathan Marshall didn't practice yesterday. It was Phil Kessel practicing in his spot on the second line? Um, I don't know if Smith and Carlson are good enough uh, to carry Kessel at this point of his career. Um, so I, I don't even hate uh, on the Nashville side if you want to get to like a two man of like Johansson and Duchesne or something like that. They played reasonably well together this year um you know training i think scored yesterday um so um not a bad nashville two so i think vegas one nashville two is where i'd approach here vegas one being my favorite line in this game um working backwards chicago and columbus uh godro johnson marchenko um the top line for the blue jackets bemstrom roslovic nyquist the second line that columbus second line Perfectly correlated on the power play, at least as of last game. Um, that's, kind, that's kind of interesting to me because Chicago's penalty kill, obviously not very good. Hasn't been very good pretty much all season. Hasn't really gotten that much better. Um, you know, over the last few weeks, I was looking since Thanksgiving, bottom three by shots against, bottom three by goals against while shorthanded. Not a bad power play spot for Columbus. They are missing a lot of bodies, obviously. Line A and Jenner and Wierenski's still out and all that. But um, not a bad spot for Columbus, too, I think, here. If you're looking for a really cheap line. Not a super cheap line. I mean, ben, they ju- juiced up Benchstrom's price by 1900 in one game. So uh, he's up to 4400 Rosovic um, at 3800 and then Nyquist at 3,900. So, you know, you're looking at, off the top of my head, you're looking at a 12K plus line. Um, but cheap enough to put in with some of the Buffalo guys or some of the Boston guys if you want. I think that might be where I would look 
for a cheap line on the Chicago side. You know, somebody pointed out in our, our last show that had Chicago on it in the chat, um, how much Patrick Kane had been shooting. Um, he's up to 84 shots in his last 20 games. The problem is only four goals um, on those 84 shots. He's shooting under 5%. I, 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 I'm embarrassed to say I've actually watched a couple of Chicago Blackhawks games this year. And uh, Kane is shooting a lot, but it, it looks like he's lost something off his fastball. Like he was a guy that generally had a kind of a quick release, even if it wasn't a really hard shot. And now it's not a hard shot whatsoever. Like you see some <laughs> that are almost fluttering. So, I, you know, I think Kane still fine as one off. It is the Columbus Blue Jackets. Chicago does have a 2.9 total, which has got to be one of the highest. It's not the highest they've had on the road all season. So, uh, you know, Domi and Kane, I think, makes it a reasonable two-man year. But I'd like Columbus too. Um, Buffalo, Boston, obviously, is the main event of the slate. Um, what we were talking about in our Discord yesterday is how – Boston's second line really hasn't been very good this year. Um, at least this iteration, Zaka, Krejci, Pasternak, 2.4 expected goals for, 2.7 against. Only 2.3 actual goals for per 60 minutes, 2.9 against. Like, just bad. And I think a lot of it is, honestly, Krejci. Um, if you look at his expected goals impacts, they're pretty bad. And I don't mean just bad for Boston. I mean bad across the league. Um, he's just putting up a lot of points because he plays a lot of minutes with David Pasternak. I, I would hope he would put up a lot of points playing so much with Pasternak. So um, I, I agree with you. I think Buffalo Tooks kind of in play here as I, I, I assume what would be a contrarian stack. I don't think a lot of people will be chasing after Buffalo um, with the lowest uh, road total, the lowest total on the early slate um, just in general. So I think I'm with you. I would probably stay away from the top line for the Sabres, dip down to the second line. I don't think you have to full stack, but even a two-man, uh, if you want a super cheap stack to maybe game stack with Boston, I think like a Paterka Quinn two-man would be is is something that's perfectly fine here. So probably Buffalo two on their side. Boston side, it's, it's the same thing as always. It's the Boston power play, guys. Um, Buffalo is a really bad penalty kill. Um, they being saved by their goalies to some extent. So, um, you know, Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak, if you want to do something like that. Um, you know, just full five-man stacking the top Boston power play and then dumpster diving the rest of your uh, team, I think, is, is something that you can do. Um, I don't know with Hampus Lindholm. Um, but I, you know, yeah, it's the best power play guys for me in this one. Um, just want to mention Owen Power Play 21 minutes, minutes for 22 minutes in uh, Power's return in their last game. So Samuelson's still kind of viable at his price. On the blue line, um, but it's Hampus Lynn home I like on the blue line the most in that one. Yeah, the one thing I will err on the side of caution with Lindholm, even though you know we got the bark, is that he does start the game on power play one, but occasionally they run the five forward power play with David Krejci. Uh, but either way, Lindholm is a good play. Um, as Jake mentioned in the chat, Buffalo won 46.8% chance of a top two stack. They're also 23,000 on DraftKings on the road going into Bergeron. In one to three, I'm going to pass if you want to play them in MME. Au revoir, Capitan. You know what I mean? Like, go yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I I mean, it's a, it's just a three-game slate. There are only six teams. Like, I, I, I wouldn't even hate it in a single entry, but um, 
it's just really tough to build a lineup around elsewhere. I guess there are a lot of cheap guys in that Chicago Columbus team that are usable, though. So, um, yeah, don't hate it. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about this five-game main slate where you can actually win more than an Arby's gift card. We have the Ottawa Senators with a 3.3 total heading into Detroit. The Red Wings have a 3.2 total. Looks like we got uh, Cam Talbot, Magnus Helberg are probable. I'm just going off what's in the lineup builder. We'll have morning skates soon. Magnus Helberg, Stillman Price on DraftKings. Um, Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. So if he does start, that could be interesting, even though he did get shelled in the last game. Detroit, as far as we know, still running the same lines. Ottawa as well. Um, I mean, if we're going to keep bashing Detroit one and they're going to keep doing the thing, I guess, like, here's the thing. They're 14-7 on DraftKings. They have a fairly high total. Their ownership is in the double digits, but Ottawa's been bad defensively. They've had a bad penalty kill. They're fully correlated. I don't know if I'm going to jump onto the bandwagon here and play them personally, but I think they're a good play tonight. Um, like if Rasmussen, like Rasmussen's price has not moved. If he has gone up into like the five thousands, yeah, I'm going to say no. Perron's price has come down into forty eight hundred. I think Detroit one's in play here. On and then on the flip side, I think you know, I see the second line getting more ownership than the top line. I would go to the top line here if you want to leave off Giroux and add in you know Bratherson and Debrinkat to make it a power play stack. I think that is an option as well. Yeah, I do think we should start with the Detroit top line. Um, it's been a couple times now. I've just kind of joked in our discord that if michael rasmussen logs me out um i'm gonna be very very upset and he's um, logged us out <laughs> he had that four point game not too long ago um didn't have like a massive game in that comeback against pittsburgh but had the shot bonus on DraftKings with an assist <laughs> like he's he's definitely been doing stuff um Perron and Rasmussen are up to a reasonable sample together this year, and they played pretty well. Like, they're up over 90 minutes at 5-on-5. Five 2.9 five. expected goals for, 2 against per 60 minutes. Uh, that's an expected goal share approaching 60%. Like, that, they've been really they've been really good. I can't imagine Dar Dylan Larkin's going to, you know, nuke the that line's um, ability to generate offense or play well defensively. Um, and they'll go into that Ottawa 1 matchup. 
I was looking at Ottawa Ones numbers in the month of December. Yes, that is bad. And w- one thing that we we keep bringing up every show whenever Ottawa is on the slate is shooting percentage. Um, it's just uh, their problem hasn't been generating offense. Their problem has been finishing the chances that they get. Ottawa's top line, 3.7 expected goals per 60 minutes in the month of December. That's a very, very good offensive number. Zero goals scored. It's almost unfathomable uh, the kind of run that this line has been on at 5 on 5. Now, obviously, um, Tim Stotza was was injured for a few games um, in that mix, and that's certainly playing into it. But Brady Kachuk has 43 shots in his last 11 games, almost four shots a game, and one goal. Um, you know, if you're shooting like 2.3% or whatever, 2.4%, you're not going to score a ton. Um, I think it's a matchup that would probably favor Ottawa 1. And as I was looking at the top stacks tool, they're coming in with pretty good leverage. Um, they're the uh, fourth highest. Yeah, fourth highest top two stack. Um, that we have by our top stacks tool. Uh, and yet they're not coming in um, with nearly as much ownership, six most ownership, or sorry, even lower, eighth most ownership, just under 10%, because they are um, a little, you know, $2,000 more expensive than the second line over on DraftKings. Um, so I think Ottawa 1 is definitely in play. I do like Ottawa 2 today here, though. And, you know, their ownership and top two stacks are both with, well within reason. Um, 2.9 expected goals for 2.1 against in the month of December. That's 58% expected goal share. They actually are scoring 4.4 goals per 60 minutes. Um, you know, Debrinkat is start he's starting to score. His shooting percentage has turned around. It's still not regressed all the way. Um, he's only at like 13 goals, I think, on the season. But he if he's shooting his normal, you know, 14, 15%, it could be up around 20. Um, going into that Detroit second line. Ernie and Cobb just have not played well together this year. 155 minutes for Ernie and Cobb on the same line. 1.2 expected goals for, 2.6 against. What's saving them is great goaltending behind them, particularly Vili Husso. So I think it's a pretty good matchup for that Ottawa second line. Um, obviously, you get two guys on the top power play unit to bring Cannon Batherson. Um, Detroit's penalty kill is starting, starting a little bit of a slide. So, um, Probably not a terrible spot for the Ottawa power play guys. I mean, you need their power play guys in general. This is a team that has been relying on power play production this season. I think you said it in the last show. They're kind of like Vancouver in that sense that um, if the power play doesn't go off, you're probably not getting a whole lot from them, um, at least not in full stacks. So um, I do like that Ottawa second line. I'm looking at the top stack or at our lineup builder, actually, and they're, they're carrying a slightly higher projection like raw points projection, then the Ottawa top line and they're cheaper. They're $2,000 cheaper. Now they'll probably, like I said, they'll probably be a little bit higher on because of that, but it's a better matchup. You get two out of three guys on the top power play as you would with the top line. Um, I really, really like Ottawa too here. I, I think you can dip down again to Detroit three, but I don't think this is the game where I would necessarily be dipping down to third lines. I think there are other spots on the slate where you can do that. So don't mind it playing Detroit one here. I, I think it's it's a fine matchup, but I think it's Ottawa two that I like the most in this game. Yeah, it's just really hard to five on five stack the Senators. Like Pinto's actually, yeah, he's a rookie. He has his ebbs and flows in the season. He has his ups and downs. He's kind of in a hot spot right now. They really miss Josh Norris five on five. It really lengthens their lineup. Um, 
But yeah, like the reason that I want to play Ottawa one is just because I get Stutzla and Kachuk on the power play. But like, if you just want a four man like Kachuk, Stutzla, DeBrincat, Batherson, I think that's perfectly fine. But like, yeah, if you're going five on five, it would be that second line just because that second line for Detroit has been absolute garbage. Um, and they're also three and four. Not that it's a huge deal, but like because most of these teams are just coming off the Christmas break. But you n- you never know. Maybe some of these guys have plans tonight. They just want to get through the game and go out and party in Detroit and end up in um, Windsor, Canada in the morning. That only happened to me once back of a pickup truck, but we won't talk about that. Anyway, I was going to say, is that was that Canadian? I think that's a plot to Canadian bacon, but I can't quite remember. Yeah, uh, yeah, it also happened to me. I started my night in Ohio, ended up in Detroit, ended up in the next morning in Windsor, Canada. Lovely um, place, lovely place, yeah, very nice place. But let's move to the blue line. Enough about my escapades in college. I think Tomas Chabot, fifty eight hundred, is a very, very good play tonight. Um, here's the problem with the Detroit power play quarterbacks: we never know who it is. Um, the first game of the back to back, it was Phil Pronick. They didn't tell us because Cedar was on power play one before that. Then the next night, we assumed, oh, Hronik was on power play one. It's going to be him again. Wrong. Wrong. It was Cedar. So I don't know. I don't really want to play either of them because I just don't know who it's going to be. Because Cedar, if I knew it was going to be Cedar, I'd maybe have some interest in him. But like, without, if he doesn't get that power play time, he's his peripherals have fallen off a cliff. So I'd rather just play Jake Wallman because he's the man. I was going to say, why are we talking about the power play defenseman when we're just going to play Jake Wallman again? <laughs> um, I'll, I should mention, shout out, uh, uh, people in YouTube chat will recognize uh, the name Saul Goodman. Uh, Mr. G uh, hit in a uh, qualifier to get to the Fantasy Hockey World Championships again this season. Congrats to him. Used it using Jake Wallman in his lineup. My heart was full, Josh. Yes. Best Christmas present a guy could ask for. Um, congrats to him and congrats to Jake Wallman for, um, he's finally reaching the level that I, I thought he could get to. And it's really nice to see him play that well. Yeah. I, I'm right back in on Wallman. Uh, this is a guy that's, um, that had very good zone entry and scoring chance creation numbers, um, last year in a small sample. And that's kind of why that I thought he might be able to break out this year. And he start he's getting the minutes, like even, uh, last game, it was a little bit depressed, but he was still close to 20 minutes it was in you know that 1930 to 20 minute range so as long as he's playing that much and he's not priced at like 4700 or something i'm gonna keep playing jake wallman so yeah um you know if you want to risk with one of cedar or heronic um and find out which one's gonna be on the top power play i mean go ahead and flip your coin but what i said in the discord um it seems like they're not committed to a top power play defenseman in the sense like if kale mccarr and we'll get to colorado in a second if Kale McCarr has like a 45 second shift and then the opposing team takes a penalty, Kale McCarr is staying on for the power play, right? But if Philip Peronic has a 45 second shift and the opposing team takes a penalty, he's coming off for Cedar and vice versa. So that's kind of the problem here. Um, you know, Cedar's, I think, is a fine play, but I mean, I'd rather just save the money and go play Walman again. On the Ottawa side, Jacob Bernard Docker actually played like 22 minutes or something in his return. Uh, for the Ottawa Senators, I was kind of surprised to see that. 
because um, he he's not a guy that's played a lot of minutes so far this season. Um, you know, it was only his seventh game, but that was the highest for him of the season and only his second time over 20 minutes. 3K, 3.3 total, probably not going to have a ton of ownership as, you know, people will play Hamannick, I think, or pay up for Shabbat. I don't mind JBD here um, as kind of uh, like that, you know, in-between guy that's not getting that power play time, but is a reasonable price, could play a lot of minutes with a high total. Yeah, Ottawa beats beat riders are really like pumping him up as like this top prospect guy. So I think Ottawa's trying to make it work with him. So yeah, don't mind him at 3K. Let's move to the next one. Toronto Maple Leafs with a 3.2 total. Heading into Colorado, the Avalanche have a 2.9. Matt Murray. Yorgi Alexander Yorgiev probably here. I played the Leafs last slate against the uh Coyotes. Can't believe I'm saying this, but the Nick Buchstad line really hemmed the Matthews line down. What? Yeah, what? Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Like, going back to the Leafs' top line here makes some sense. Like, they're not getting drastically heavy ownership for a five-game slate. That top line for Colorado, like, it's good. But it's not great. Yorgiev's been a bit shaky. I don't know. Like, I I, I like going back to the Toronto top line here. <sighs> Jimmy, I know you're the 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 resident Coyotes stand, but Matthews getting hemmed down by Nick Butestad. That's just you know that's a scene. But like going back to the Matthews line here makes some sense. I kind of have some interest in the Colorado second line here. Going into Tavares Marner, um, you know, Evan Rodriguez, top power play. They're not getting a bunch of ownership. And I know, like, Newhook doesn't really do it for DFS. I guess you could one off Evan Rodriguez here, but like, comparing him with Newhook or pairing him with Malgan to save some money here actually makes some sense to me going into Tavares Marner. Here's, here's my one quibble. Uh, I'll say this about Colorado, too. Is that Yarncroft is just Alex Kerfooting that line? Um, he's making them worse offensively. I don't think um, you just have to look at you know shot creation, scoring chance creation, whatever. Um, compared to most wingers they've had on that second line with Tavares and Marner, um, the, the numbers are down. Even the goals scored aren't very good. Two and a half goals per sixty minutes with Yarncroft there, like that's just not good, and it's bad for Toronto. Um, but the defensive numbers are really, really good. Um, I don't think that's a surprise. Yaron Kroc's typically been known as, as, as a good two-way winger. That's kind of why Toronto went out and got him. Um, that's, but that Colorado second line has been good. You know, we brought it up on the last show that Newhook and Rodriguez, even without, you know, Nachushkin or Rantanen or whomever on their line, they've been making it work, which has kind of surprised me because, um, you know, Rodriguez had a good year last year, but um, we needed to see it again from him. It seems like he's on that path. Newhook didn't look great last year, didn't have a very good start this year, but it seems like he's playing well with, well enough with Rodriguez. So it's one of those things like I think it's a good line, but it is a tough matchup, but there are only 10 teams on the slate and they're fairly cheap at home. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, I, I, I think it's fine. It is a tough-ish def- defensive matchup, I think, against Tavares and Marner. Um, you're right about the Colorado top line about league average defensively. And, um, 
you know, even worse than league average can get the job done against Toronto, as we just saw with the with our lovely Arizona Coyotes. Um, I'm not expecting the same thing here again, but that Colorado top line is also generating offensively, 3.1 expected goals for per 60 minutes. Saw a tweet the other day. I think Colorado has the lowest five-on-five shooting percentage um, in the month of December in the league. Um, hopefully that turns around tonight. Um, obviously, they're all going to play 20 up. Uh, Pop, like a pile of minutes the Colorado top line all tw- any be- between 22 and 26 minutes o- over the last handful of games as the team dresses eight defensemen and only plays four of them <laughs> like th- this team's honestly dressing 18 players and playing like 13 maybe 14 on a regular basis it's absolutely crazy um but I I think if you want to there are you know, different ways to stack Colorado. If you're a little worried about maybe some high ownership here, like I think, um, you know, just subbing out JT Comfort for um, Evan Rodriguez is something you can do for power play stacking. Um, Comfort certainly not the, st- the straw that stirs the drink either at five on five or on the power play. But by the same token, I think if you want to get a little bit cheaper, I think you can double double center stack, right? Go Comfort Rodriguez and Rantanen. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, something like that. Um, save, you know, $1,000 going uh, from Lekkanen, um to Comfort or, you know, a few hundred going from um, Lekkanen down to Rodriguez. There are different ways to stack that Colorado top line with Erod, and that's probably the approach that I would take here going into uh, Toronto 1. Toronto 1 hasn't been great defensively, 2.7 expected goals against. They've gotten pretty good goaltending. Even if the goaltending has kind of faltered for Toronto, like, you know, Toronto went on a crazy um, – not a, a win streak, but a, a, let's say a reg, regulation loss less streak. But the goaltending hasn't been as good. Three goals against against Philly, um, four goals against against St. Louis. Obviously, six goals against against uh, against Arizona. Um, not long before Christmas, five goals against against Washington. Like they're kind of coming back down to earth, which I think is something that we we probably should expect. So I do like Colorado one. I would think I'm with you. I would probably find a way to mix Evan Rodriguez in. Like he has um, four shots per game since he returned per, from his injury. Um, I do like Erod mixing Erod with that top line here on the Colorado side. It like or Toronto side, sorry. I, it is Toronto one or bust. Uh, like I don't think I'm going to be stacking that second line um, going into Colorado two. Um, you know, even the second or third line um, from the Az have been pretty good defensively, um, or at least you know around average, something like that. So. Um, if you want to play Toronto two, it's fine. But Toronto one, like they're just generating so much. Four point nine expected goals, five point four actual goals. You know, Matthews over four shots per game in his last five games. He still has more. The crazy thing about Austin Matthews is that he 
He started the year with a low shooting percentage. That has started to regress, but it's still only at 10.6%. Um, his three-year average was over 17%, and he's still on pace for like a 40-goal season. So, like, you know, with more regression, he's on pace for a 55 or 60-goal season. Like, it is Toronto one that I really do like in this game. Um, it's just a question of, you know, price and ownership. Um, they're coming in at relatively the same price um, as that Dallas top line that we're going to get to in a second. And I think the Dallas top line, obviously in a much better spot coming in a little bit higher own, um, but in a much better spot, um, you know, Colorado doesn't take a ton of penalties, 3.2 times shorthanded per game. Um, the Leafs power play still struggling to score, even with the five forwards. Um, generating a lot of offense, shooting percentage still very low. You know, that has to regress at some point, but it makes me think we're going to see Morgan Riley back on the top power play at some point here. So I'll say if between the two top lines, I like Toronto one the best, but I think both are very much obviously in play. I would probably try to find a way to get Evan Rodriguez in my Colorado one stacks uh, one way or another, um, but Toronto one, Colorado one for me. And I'm interested to get your thoughts on the defenseman here because, like I said, I do think there's a chance we see Morgan Riley back on the top power play. Probably not something they're going to practice. They're probably just going to throw him in there, you know, midway through the game sometime. What do you think? Yeah, we've been seeing these teams go five forwards on the power play, and it just hasn't been great, like, around the league. So, yeah, like, Morgan Riley, Toronto power play two scored twice in Arizona. (laughs) Um I, I feel like uh, Bunting's going to come off at some point and Morgan Riley's going to go on just to, you know, run the power play. Not that he does much with it, but, like, Bunting hasn't done much on the power play either. So, eventually, he's going to get back there. I think you can still play him at 4,300. He'd probably be the only Leaf defenseman that I would play. On the Colorado side, Probably just like Makar's price has come down under seven thousand. I can't remember the last time Makar's price has been that low. It's either him or Gerard. And I, I just it's funny because they dress like forty nine defensemen. They always come out for a shift after the TV timeout. So like the big guys get like an extended timeout break, and then they play like four minutes. <laughs> it's it's honestly like some of the funniest stuff that I've seen uh, from a team in, in in the way that they're playing their players. Um, kudos to Colorado on that. Yeah, I'm worried about ownership on Makar because he is so cheap. He's the cheapest he's been all season. Like, I don't have last season's prices in front of me. I would assume this is the cheapest he's been maybe since, the bub- since um, you know, that 2021 bubble season. Um, yeah. I got to think he started in the 7Ks last year. But, um, yeah, at his price, like, I, I, it's, it's tough not to play him. I don't care what the matchup is. Um Sam Gerrard, I think, is fine again, but I, I honestly think it's it, it's Makar bust for me um, in the Colorado game. I think it's fine to fade him as well because he probably will come in with a lot of ownership, and it's a short slate, right? So I think it's fine. It's fine if you want to take the chance to fade him. But um, I was looking earlier, like we talk about how the Colorado power play hasn't been great without Nathan McKinnon. Kale Makar has fifty one shots in eleven games since McKinnon got hurt. Like he's putting up. Over four and a half shots per game without uh, Nathan McKinnon. It seems like that's where the shots are going. Um, yeah, I do like McCarr here. I agree with you. It's Morgan Riley or nothing for me on the Leaf side. In in that lost Arizona, they all played between 17 and 21 minutes. But like, what are you going to do with that with none of the guys playing the power play? At that point, you're just basically going by price. So, you know, if you want to slam in a cheap Lilligren or something, yeah, go ahead. But for me, it's it's Morgan Riley or nothing. Yeah. 
Agreed there. As we mentioned off the hop, we are sponsored by BetMGM. We can get you a BetMGM risk-free bet up to $1,000 and two that's two months of Stochastic Plus Platinum for free. All you got to do is click the link in the description, follow the steps. It includes making a Stochastic membership. If you don't have one, you can create one. It's free. Then making a BetMGM Sportsbook account. You got to deposit what you're going to bet, obviously. Make your first paid bet. I have a bet for you. So if you want to do this, you can tail this bet. And if you lose, uh, you will get credited in site credit. But the bet plus money prop here, Braden Point, anytime power play point against the Coyotes at plus 155 on BetMGM Sportsbook. So if you want to tail that today and you are never signed up for BetMGM, you can do that. You get it risk-free. You can get two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. So why wouldn't you do that? Click the link in the description below. Sign up. Tail that bet. Win some money. It is risk-free. Get your two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Join the Discord. Say, Josh, man, thank you for that bet. I want so much money. Anyway, on to the next one. San Jose Sharks with a 2.6 total. Heading into Dallas, the Stars have a 3.8 total. Capo Kakinen, Jake Ottinger, probable. This is, as our resident Nihas would say, a primo spot for the Dallas top line here. Um, for price comparison, 11, 12, they're like 20,600. They have been more expensive at times this season. This is a very good matchup. Uh, the Sharks' penalty kill has kind of fallen off because – in the beginning of the season, Reimer had his uh, save percentage on the penalty kill was through the roof. So I really do like Dallas one here. Their projections are insane. They are projected for 10% more than Toronto one here at 44.4 points. On the flip side, not a big, big fan of San Jose one here in this matchup. I think if you're going to do anything, you go to Hurdle Bank. It is a five-gamer, so I guess you got to, you know, beggars can't be choosers when going to certain lines here. For me, it would be hurt a little bank. <sighs> yeah, because yeah, here's the thing. It's like, do I want to stack the San Jose Sharks and leave Timo Meyer off? You know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's that feels bad. Yeah, that's that's just kind of where I'm, I'm, I'm going with this because – it is a pretty good spot for the Dallas top line. Like this iteration of the San Jose top line, um, Meyer, Couture, Bear, Banoff just hasn't been all that great so far this season. Not a big sample, 55 minutes. That'd be about five games worth, maybe a little less of ice time. At five on five, 2.3 expected goals for, 2.2 against. They're generating under 40 shot attempts per 60 minutes. Like that's very, very slow, low event hockey. Um, that's why like, I, like I I I really do understand what you're saying with San Jose too, because the way that San Jose one's playing, it they're just not playing that well offensively. It just how, how often do I make San Jose stacks and not put Timo Meyer on them? Right, that's yeah. just kind of that's kind of like the internal struggle that, I, that I'm having right now. Uh, but yeah, that San Jose top line not that great uh, offensively. I think there's a pretty good chance the Dallas top line just kind of runs over them. I mean, the Dallas top line, it should be noted, isn't scoring that much at 5-on-5. Five five. Um, I was looking at their last three weeks, only 2.2 uh, goals per 60 minutes at 5-on-5 five five and 115 minutes together. It's all shooting percentage driven, which makes sense. Um, I mean, 
I think this team was running pretty hot through the first like five, six weeks of the season. Like we were going to see uh, some regression from that top line eventually. Um, it certainly has come for Jason Robertson. Um, he has, he's kind of like, um, he's Brady Kachucking of late. Um, he has one goal over his last 12 games, 42 shots in that span, um, you know, shooting with 2.3% or whatever it is. He's still generating a lot of shots, obviously, and a lot of shot attempts. He's just not scoring. Shooting percentages are a fickle thing. It is a pretty good matchup for the Dallas top line. What it should be said is the Dallas top power play unit is still scoring at a very high rate. And as you mentioned, the San Jose penalty kill has fallen off, but it's it's save percentage driven. Because as you said, Reimer was just on a crazy tear through the first you know six weeks of the season on the penalty kill. Um, he got injured. Other goalies came in. San Jose is still allowing the third fewest shots against on the penalty kill over the last five weeks of, in the NHL. That's you know, it's still really good. It's just the penalty kill save percentage. And Dallas is a power play that can shred anybody. So I, I really, really do like the Dallas top line in this matchup. But like you said, probably going to have a fair amount of ownership. I imagine like maybe some single entry contests. You might see them over 20% um, as a three-man unit. Um, so if you want to fade them because of ownership, I get it, but it is a pretty good spot, even if San Jose um, doesn't take a ton of penalties. I think you're fine to go back to uh, the Ben Johnston Marchment line again. Um, I think that line is, you know, unofficially the second line now, um, even though they might be Dallas three in some lineup builders. Um, why Johnston's even shooting um, a little bit of late 13 shots in his last five games. He hasn't been a big shooter all season. It's nice to see him get involved. Um, you know, Jamie Ben's still in the top power play. Like um, if you want a cheap ish two man stack, I think you can leave Ben off and just do a Johnston Marchman two man and hope, you know, the Dallas power play doesn't nuke tonight. Um, I, I think that's perfectly fine. I don't know if I go to the Kivaranta Sagan to Landry line. Like they have been playing reasonably well in a small sample, but Sagan's having, has been having a lot of trouble finishing really ever since um, he uh, had those hip surgeries, um, just not, you know, doing that well shooting wise. Like he's only shooting like around 11% or something like that. Um, you know, we have seen him 12, 13% before um, going back a few years, um, still even worse. So it's Dallas top line, maybe some Johnston Marchman two man, if you need a cheap ish two man on the San Jose side. I, I hate to say it, but I kind of agree with you. I think um, her, like a hurdle, uh, LeBanc two-man hurdle, Nieto, if that's what they end up going with the morning seat, might be the best here because I don't really like um, the way that top line for San Jose is playing, and it's a pretty bad matchup going into Dallas 1. Yeah, and about the San Jose penalty kill, they played the Rangers a couple times this season, and the Rangers have a very good power play, and – for, for somehow, like, the Sharks are being a terrible defensive team, have a good penalty kill. And what they do really well is they don't allow cross-size passing on the penalty kill. And that is the Rangers' bread and butter, Panarin to Zibanejad, cross-ice. So, you know, you got to really be really good puck movement on the, pen, uh, on the power play. But Dallas Stars arguably have the best power play in the league, so I think they will be fine. Uh, let's move to the... Blue line here, Miro Haskin in 5,200. Like, that price is pretty good. He's He kind of needs to shoot the puck more. But at 5,200, I think it's playable. Esselindel, 
again at 3,200 is good. Um, Niels Lundqvist kind of starting the peripheral machine is churning a little bit here at 3,400. I think I still prefer Eslindell, but don't mind Lundqvist. On the uh, shark side, Eric Carlson's price has come down as well. He was like 8,600 at times this year, 7,300. Don't think this is the best matchup, but it is worth noting that his price has come down. I th- I don't know if I want to play anybody on the Sharks here, but it'd probably just be Mario Ferraro. Yeah, Ferraro's always in play for me. Um, it's probably worth noting Carlson's not going to be nearly as high-owned as guys like Makar or guys like Shabbat here tonight. Um, so I'm maybe in a decent contrarian play kind of in that sense. But I agree with you. I, I mean, I just don't think there's a lot of Sharks defensemen that I'm going to play here. Like, even Ferraro 3K, like... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I prefer him, you know, in that 27, 2800 range. You know what I mean? Um, agree on Esselindel. Um 16 shots, 22 blocks in his last 10 games. Um, he's getting involved. Um you know, shooting and blocking shots. So, yeah, don't mind him at 3,200 tonight. Let's move on to – I don't even know what to call this game. Vancouver Canucks with a 2.8 total heading into Calgary. The Flames have a 3.7 total. Spencer Martin, Jacob Markstrom probable. Oh, boy. I think this is the first time Calgary's been home with these lines in a while. Yes. I I mean – Double check that real. Uh, they had one home game against Edmonton coming out of the break. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, but other than that, that was their only one. I feel like they're going to send out Backlund, Coleman, Mangiapane against Top Comp, whatever they figure out, whatever they think Top Comp is here. Probably Horvat Besser. So that would free up Lindholm to Foley Dubay for second and third line matchups, which is a good matchup. Although, like, yeah, they've been better with Dubay up there than Huberdeau, which is just an absolute sentence I never thought I would say ever. They still haven't been great. Like Dubay, like, I don't know. Like, I think he makes that line. He's, he's just kind of like a firecracker. Like, I don't know how else to, he's always making plays, but then he's also like just doing really stupid things. But I think like that line is probably my preferred line. If you want to go to Kadri Huberdo for the power play, I think that's fine. They're getting a little bit more ownership, so I I think I would just go to the top line. Like you just kind of like if you never watched hockey before and you play NHL DFS, it's a little bit easier clicking in Dylan Dubé because you haven't seen the shenanigans he pulls on the ice. On the Vancouver side, like I just I don't even know. Like these lines are just like the third. Like I guess it would just be the top line, but it's just a brutal matchup. 
like the second line has Curtis Lazar on it. The third line has Lane Peterson on it. Like they're just boat anchors. So like, I don't know. I'd go to the Vancouver top line, but it's just a brutal matchup. Well, and here's the other problem with Vancouver is they didn't practice yesterday and they just blew up their lines uh, in that third period against Winnipeg a couple games ago. Um, Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko started the game with Lane Peterson on the wing. Uh, and then in the third period, Ilya Mikheyev got a few shifts uh, alongside them. And then Connor Garland got a few shifts uh, alongside them, right? Um, and then they went and stacked well, stacked the top line with Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, and JT Miller for the third period. So we honestly won't know what the Vancouver lineup is going to look like. Um, you know, we're doing this. It's it's nearly 10 o'clock Eastern uh, in the morning now. Um we probably won't know for like four or five hours what this Vancouver lineup is going to look like if they even have like a full morning skate, you know what I mean? So that's kind of the problem here. Um, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to, I'm assuming, I'm assuming Pedersen and Kuzmenko are going to play together. And I'm assuming that Besser and Miller are going to play together. Um, whether that changes, I don't know. In that setup, I assume Besser and Miller would be considered the top line. And I did look while you were talking um, Calgary's home game a few few nights ago against Edmonton. They did send out that Backlund Coleman Mangiapane line against McDavid and Hyman from Edmonton. So I assume, you know, if it's even if it, they go back to McKayev, Horvat, Besser, I assume that's the line that we'll see Backlund, Mangiapane, and Coleman. That third line for Calgary has been absolutely unreal for the Flames. Um, a little over 60 minutes together, five expected goals scored or generated per 60 minutes, 1.9 against, 72% expected goal share, 90 shot attempts generated per 60 minutes in their time together. Um, not finishing yet. Uh, that's kind of the problem. They're shooting under 2%. <laughs> which, you know, Blake Coleman's going to Blake Coleman every once in a while. Um, but they are just, you know, just running over the opposition. And if they don't go out against Kuzmenko and Pedersen, they're going to run over any Vancouver line that they see. Um, I think they could even run over Pedersen and Kuzmenko, like, to be quite honest. Um, so I really do like that Calgary third line. It's just that they're coming in with a lot of ownership. Um, that's kind of the problem. Uh, we have them as one and a half percent top two stack, six percent ownership. That's a lot of negative leverage. It's because they're cheap in a 3.7 home total. Like you can stack that line, um, you know, with your Toronto's, with your Colorado's, with your Dallas's. Like I think that you'll see that, that that'll be fairly common. Um, so I do kind of, man, I hate to say it. I do kind of like the Dylan Dubé line <laughs> today um, coming in uh, with reasonable leverage. Um, they don't have uh, a much ownership coming in on them. They have been playing well, 75 minutes together, 3.9 expected goals for 2.2 against um, carrying something like 63% uh, of the shot share. Here's the problem is since they've gone to these line combinations, they've really spread out um, the ice time. Um, you know, there are times where Nazem Kadri has been at like, you know, 19, 20 plus minutes a game uh, for some stretches. That's not been the case of late. Everybody's basically been between like 13 and 18 minutes. Um, you'll have guys like, um, you know, Lucic will be closer to the 13 minute mark, but then you'll have like Lindholm and Kadri closer to like 17, 18 minutes. Not a lot of ice time, um, but it is a pretty good power play spot for the Flames. Um, you get Lindholm and Toffoli on the top power play unit. Um, 
they're not coming in with a lot of ownership. They're going to get good matchups at five on five against the Canucks. Um, Foley's, you know, kind of starting to shoot a little bit, which has been nice. Um, and you know, like I said, it, the, the, the power play matchup is just really good. Um, Vancouver's penalty kill, uh, their save percentage just keep their goalies just keep killing them. Um, save percentage is like 770 or something over the last few weeks. So, um, do like Calgary one, really love Calgary three. I just think they're coming in with too much ownership on the Vancouver side. Um, Pedersen and Kuzmenko is where I, I would go back to. I think whoever the Horvat, Besser, Miller, whatever combination they go with, they're, they're going to see that Calgary three line and they're going to get shut down all night. And it's a bad power play spot for Vancouver. So, Pedersen and Kuzmenko is where I go on the, on the Nux side, but I, I don't think I'm stacking Canucks tonight. Yep. Um, if you've never had a stochastic membership, we can get you an NHL three day risk free trial and you get full access to everything stochastic has to offer for NHL. We have projections, ownership, top stacks, tools, rankings, discords. It is very, very good. Um, yeah. So click the link in the description below. If you've never signed up, get that risk-free trial. You get a test drive, everything that we have. You even get in the Discord. Come into the Discord, say, it came from YouTube. Click the link. I'll give you a uh, thumbs-up emoji. Um, so, yeah. Coming up after us as well, the NBA Strategy Show at 10 o'clock with Terry and Ryan. So, if you're looking for NBA, stick around for that. Let's get to the last game of the night. We have the Winnipeg Jets with a three total heading into Edmonton. The Oilers have a 3.4. Connor Hellbuck, Jack Campbell, probable. Oilers won last night with Stewie Skinner, so it's probably going to be Campbell tonight. We'll have to wait and see on dry saddle, but if he didn't play last night, he's probably not going to play tonight. Oh, boy. Uh, flow chart season here. Bad matchup. I guess it's a good match. Well, I don't know. Jack, I Campbell, would say Jack Campbell in net, it's a good matchup. Yeah. For <sighs> I think you go to a power play stack here. I think you can go Dubois, Connor, Shifley, call it a day. Um, on the Edmonton side, it's going to be the power play guys again. Like, it's just going to be a broken record. Even though, even if Drysaddle's out, we saw – Yamamoto and Puliarvi split power play one time here. So I think that top line with Puliarvi, McDavid, Hyman, you can full stack here. Even if Puliarvi doesn't see a ton of power play one time, I think you can include him because he will most definitely be the lowest owned of the top uh, line guys here. And if you look at their numbers last year, McDavid's best numbers were with Puliarvi on his wing. So Edmonton won for me. Yeah, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the Oilers here because, you know, they're always in play. Even if dry sidles out, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter that really the matchup. They're always an option. What I will say is what I said about Vancouver in the last on the last show is Winnipeg is a bad power play matchup for most yeah. teams. Um, the Jets, 2.7 times shorthanded per game. That's a half power play less per game than the league average. Um, not allowing a lot of goals, not allowing a lot of shots. No dry sidle. Like it seems like this is one of the nights where I would I I am personally probably not going to play um at least a full Edmonton stack, you know, one offing McDavid or whatever is always in play or something like that. But it's just a pretty bad power play for spot for Edmonton. And I think they 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 don't necessarily like require well, yes, they do require the power play to get there to have big nights. And I just don't think Winnipeg is the spot to do it. 
Um, I agree with you. It is a pretty good power play spot for the Jets. Um, even without Blake Wheeler, um, they're generating over 60 shot, shots Sorry, per 60 minutes on the power play, over 10 goals per 60 minutes on the power play without Wheeler. Um, you know, we saw last game, you probably don't want to leave Shifley off your Winnipeg stacks, even if he's not playing with great players. So, yeah, Connor Dubois, um, Shifley, something like that if you want. Getting to the blue line real quick, um, Josh Morrissey may be out. Uh, in this one, that's something to watch for. Uh, he was hurt in the last game, only played like one thirty-second shift in the last 12 minutes or something. Um, might not play tonight. Neil Pionk was moved to the top power play unit, even when Morrissey was in the game. So I assume Pionk's on the top power play unit regardless. Sam Gagne might jump back up there if Morrissey is out, but um, we're going to have to wait to see on Morrissey's availability here uh, in a couple hours. But um, I think that what I like the most in this game is some sort of Winnipeg power play stack. And that is the five gamer. That means we have ten goalies. Be like in a net. None of them. Yeah, no, me either. Uh no, I honestly I think I'll go to Connor Hellebuck tonight. Um, pretty cheap. Good power uh, bad power play spot for the Oilers. Um, I don't think he's gonna carry a ton of ownership on the road um in Edmonton. So I don't mind Hellebuck. Don't mind Spencer Martin if you want to really ride the lightning um, against the Calgary Flames. We got lucky, uh, I think, with Stuart Skinner earlier this week. Maybe Spencer Martin can kind of pull off the same deal here. That's about it. Like, if you want, if, if I'm paying up, like, way up for a goalie, it's Ottinger. But I think this is a night where I'm paying down in that and probably down quite a bit. Yeah, I guess you could take a stab on your have too, like, it's Yorgi ever marks or not marks. Excuse me. Uh, Hellebuck for me. It is very uncomfortable clicking in any goalie tonight. So if you have a lean, just play him. Be like him for your hat trick pick. Uh, our buddy, the Bink Cat, Alex the Brink Cat. Uh, he's my hat trick pick. Going to keep the Spice Lord alive here. Going Jamie Ben. Oh, all I guess right. he's not really spicy, but he is a third line. I saw Jamie Ben got engaged recently. Congrats to him. Maybe he'll have some extra juice. Uh, that uh, post engagement juice uh, is what I think the gamblers call it. Yeah, <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. Um, yeah. So for uh, some Cliffy, <laughs> I am Josh. You know me. I some even if I don't know me, you know me. Um, we will be back on Tuesday. Uh, make sure to click those links in the description, hop into Discord. Good luck, everybody. Good luck. Happy New Year, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, saver. Whether you're saving for that trip to the tropics or saving for an emergency, now is the time to take advantage of Wells Fargo's savings options. Wells Fargo offers savings accounts that can help you save towards your goals. So, what are you saving for? Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash save to open a savings account today. Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Member FDIC. 